When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. This week, apple growers statewide got together for an annual field day. This was an opportunity for growers to ask questions, learn from the experts, and talk with other growers. Munchkey Apples of Mount Horeb hosted the event. One of the key topics, irrigation from Munchkey's own Brad Tisch. But Brad, first, tell us a little bit about your farm. We, we started this apple orchard in 2011. We planted the first tree, uh, and we've grown it to about 9,000 trees, and that covers roughly nine acres. The majority, 75% of our apples go to uh, grocery stores, uh, Medcalf's being the big buyer as well as the Miller grocery stores. Uh, we also work with some of the local uh, uh, schools to get rid of some of the smaller apples. And then uh, the rest is really sold right here in the, on, on the farm through a combination of through our farm store and uh, pick your own operation. Why did you guys decide to host a field day? You know, we were we were asked about it, and uh, we've gone to the field days ourselves, and we really enjoyed it. You really picked up a lot of good information. So we figured by uh, by hosting it, we wouldn't have to drive far. Uh, plus, uh, it, it's good for people, some of the other experts and growers that actually come out to our orchard, and they can help us actually identify some of the things that uh, maybe should be done a little different, or you know, just, uh, just give it a different perspective. And it looks like there's newbies here, as well as some more established growers. It is for everyone. I remember the first field day we went to, and we were the newbies, and just finding the people to ask all the questions to. Now I just had a similar experience this morning with somebody come up to me, what's your cooler size, what's this, what's that? And, uh, yeah, you see, it comes to the full circle. What are some of the topics covered at this field day? Well, you know, we have some excellent resources from the University of Wisconsin. Uh, they've uh, covered hedging and, and pruning. We've had a conversation on uh, fire blight. Uh, and then uh, I think it was on uh, some uh, of these uh, dogwood borers or this other type of borer. Brad, what are you talking about today? Well, you know, I'm talking about irrigation. Uh, I'm talking about it from the perspective of the grower in terms of going through the process. Not really knowing, knowing that the trees need water, not knowing about the setup in terms of the volume and, the, and really the mechanics behind it in terms of the pipe uh, that, that we should be using, uh, the manifold setup. I... I had really zero experience when it came to how we should set up this irrigation. We went from, uh, just to give you a little perspective, we went from being able to uh, water three trees an hour to being able to water three blocks of trees, which is over half the orchard. So uh, I'm just going to share my experience, and because I think there's a lot of growers out there, especially the new ones that are probably in the same boat we were in. Is irrigation something that's been on people's mind this spring and summer? Oh my gosh, especially with the spring we had. I mean, we, we, we lucked out when uh, this spring, prior to really the drought coming in, we said, I think this is the year we're going to put in a new irrigation well. And uh, the fact that we did it and then we had the dry spring that we had, it, it worked out It worked out perfect. And then, you know, we're, we're happy beyond belief in terms of how it's actually turned out. Uh, one of the irrigation specialists we worked with said it, said it perfectly when he said, the way you were doing things, you were a slave to the irrigation, meaning my wife would be out here every hour, turning off valves, turning on valves. Now we're the masters of it. Turn off half, turn on half the orchard at one time, come back a few hours later, turn the other half on. So it's, we're no longer slaves. So you'll be telling people to adopt the same system. I don't know if you want to go into some detail about the system. 
Well, I tell you, leave it up to the experts. We worked work with uh, Tricolees, and uh, it was it was no no cost, no cost to work with their consultants. And they basically we explained our situation, gave them a map. Now with Google Maps these days, they can pull your orchard up, get the latest pictures. He basically designed it down to the T, gave us a complete part list of what we actually needed. We worked with our local uh, well provider, and it was easy. It was all the parts arrived. Uh, phone support in terms of how do you build these manifolds, piece of cake. I could not be happier. So, Brad, how did the weather this spring and early summer impact your apple crop? So, yeah, let me uh, let me correct my statement. We were lacking water, but the dry weather conditions are perfect for apples. Dry, hot weather. So, if you have irrigation, then it was a great it was a great apple season. If you look at our apples now, I mean, I know you can't see it via the radio, but I tell you, we've had one, we've had one of the best apple crops in terms of the size of the apples uh, than what we had in previous years. So we really have some nice apples, and I really uh, credit the irrigation. Is spring the key season for apples, or how does the summer have to look for these apples to grow? It's all it's all it's all growing season. I mean, from the spring to the summer to the I mean, where you really kind of curtails off is uh, you know when you start getting to the fall. At that point in time, your apples are pretty well set. And you think you'll be well set? I, I think we'll be well set. I think it'll be a nice, another banner year. So we're, we're, we're really looking. I mean, <laughs> fingers crossed, uh, hail is our, is our enemy. So if we can prevent, you know, the real excess weather, per se, uh, then we'll be, we'll be in good shape. And farmers one, farming's one side of the business. The other side is welcoming people out to the farm. When does that start? That starts, I think, the last week in August is uh, when our first uh, apples are ready, and that's uh, our zest stars, and we also have an early honey crisp, which is great because people are always saying, when can we get the honey crisp? And we have an early variety. So, uh, yeah, two of our best sellers, zest stars and honey crisp, will uh, be last week of August. And people were loving apple orchards last year, weren't they? They were. You know, we're a new orchard, so uh, every year is always a busier than last year, but last year was busier than busier. <laughs> Was it just being outdoors and being able to socially distance? Yeah, I, th- I think that was a big part. People wanted things to do, and uh, they wanted to get out, and they felt comfortable being outside. So the apple orchard was a great place to be. You think that'll continue then for next year? Are you expecting a big boom? Yeah, you know, I I, I think it'll continue because, uh, you know, there's nothing better than fresh apples. I didn't realize how much I liked apples until you actually get them fresh in season. And uh it's, it's a beautiful place to be. People are looking to get out of the cities, come out and enjoy some of this beautiful countryside. Yes, I love apple season. That was Brad Tish of Munchkey Apples, just 30 minutes southwest of Madison in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.